G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Foundations. When you, you know, read through the New Testament, you discover that all the restrictions according to the moral code or the moral law are all still in play in the New Covenant. Foundations. Understanding the Jewish foundations of our Christian faith. With Robbo Robinson and Mandy Warby. Over the last few programs, we've been exploring the purpose of the law. And as we round out this study, we're going to look at how the first church dealt with the issue of the influx of Gentile believers into the church and what the expectation was with regard to the law of God. And you can kind of understand when you know the history of the Jewish people and how ingrained it was into them about maintaining things like the Sabbath and the feasts and all the sacrifices and ceremonies and the circumcision, how absolutely essential that was. And the religious leaders, in all honesty, they didn't want the Gentiles to be in error. They they wanted it all to be right, but they just didn't. There was just an element that they were missing there. And again, we talked about the purpose of the law. It's to reveal just how sinful we are, you know. It's like if you've got a child, a toddler, who, you know, picks up a big marker pen and go and draws on the wall you know, they think it's really cute, but they've actually done the wrong thing. They just don't know that they've done mm. the wrong thing. So then you correct them. You give them instruction. They know they're not allowed to write on the wall. So the next time they do it, they know they're doing the wrong thing. Mm. Well, that's the purpose of the law. Doesn't mean they'll stop doing it. No. <laughs> it just means they know they're doing the wrong thing. <laughs> exactly. A sinful nature in those yeah. little creatures. But then we started talking, or we finished talking last time, about the council meeting that took place in Jerusalem in Acts chapter 15, where you had these zealous religious leaders, many members of the Pharisees, who would, they put their faith and trust in Jesus, and they really thought that for salvation, the Gentiles were going to have to He's circumcised, maintain the Sabbath, follow the dietary laws, rah, rah, rah. Mm. Essentially become Jews Essentially, to become Christian. That's what they thought. They thought you have to convert and become Jewish and then you can come to faith in Jesus. And then, of course, some of the leaders of the apostles said, no, this is what we've witnessed as we've preached the gospel to the Gentiles. They've accepted it with great joy and gladness. And then the Holy Spirit's fallen on them. Mm. Why should we be putting a burden on them that we have struggled to deal with ourselves? So they come to the conclusion, okay, okay, they're not going to have to do those things. But I just want to read Acts 15, it's verses 27 to 31, and it's the very last portion of the letter that the council wrote to the Gentile church. And it says this, Therefore we have sent Judas and Silas, who themselves will also report the same thing by word of mouth. For it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to lay upon you no greater burden than these essentials, that you abstain from things sacrificed to idols and from blood and from things strangled and from fornication. If you keep yourselves free from such things, you'll do well. Farewell. So they went their way. 
they went down to Antioch and having gathered the congregation together, they delivered the letter. And when they had read it, they rejoiced because of its encouragement. Okay, so, you know, we read that and we go, yay, there's no burden on us. But we forget that there were actually four essentials mm, That's right. for the Gentile church from the New Covenant period. Okay, so let's just recount those four essentials briefly. So basically these essentials are don't eat food sacrificed to idols. And most of us would go, well, I don't. For me personally, my conscience tells me that I won't eat anything that I know is halal. Mm. That's a personal thing for me. If I know that the food has been certified halal, I won't eat it. Uh, it says don't eat the blood of animals, okay? Have you ever heard of black pudding? That's a blood sausage. Mm. So it's a sausage made from blood. I won't eat that, even though that's a, a traditional English food. That is my heritage. I won't eat that kind mm. of thing because of these essentials, it says here. It says don't eat animals that have been strangled. Well, our slaughtering practices don't have that, so that's not an issue for us. And it says don't participate in sexual sin. And that's anything outside of biblical marriage. Mm. When you read through the rest of the New Covenant Scriptures, you also find that Paul especially unpacks all of basically yeah. a whole lot of things that we're not supposed to do. All of those things are contained in these four essentials. And what's more, they're also completely in line with the Ten Commandments. Okay, so, you know, if if Paul gives in, in, all of these instructions... You know, for example, okay, let me just back up a little bit. I had a conversation with a lady once and she was relaying to me a conversation that she'd had with somebody in her church. And they were talking about the way this particular, another person was treating their mother. And the lady I was talking to said, whatever happened to honor your mother and father? And the other lady said, oh, that's the Old Testament. That's oh, the right. law. We don't have to worry about that. And so the first thought was, oh, so that means you can actually be disres- as though the New Testament says, yeah, you can be as rude as you like to your mum and dad. Mm. Absolutely not so. When you, you know, read through the New Testament, you discover that all the restrictions according to the moral code or the moral law are all still in play in the new covenant. So when the council in Jerusalem in Acts 15 said abstain from sexual immorality or impurity, it's basically saying all of those moral laws mm. still in play. We could go through every single one of those like four points and then try to match them up to the Ten Commandments and that would just take a long time. So what I want to do is there's a portion of scripture that I'd like you to read out. It's from 1 Timothy 1, 8 to 14. Yes, it says, we know that the law is good if one uses it lawfully, realizing the fact that the law is not made for a righteous person, but for those who are lawless and rebellious, for the ungodly and sinners, for the unholy and profane, for those who kill their fathers or mothers, for murderers and immoral men and homosexuals and kidnappers and liars and perjurers, and whatever else is contrary to sound teaching, according to the glorious gospel of the blessed God, with which I have been entrusted. I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has strengthened me because he considered me faithful, putting me into service, even though I was formerly a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent aggressor. Yet I was shown mercy because I acted ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord was more than abundant with the faith and love which are found in Christ Jesus. Now, sometimes in our politically correct society, we like to focus or some people just like to focus on one 
or two sins and forget that there was a massive amount of different sins mentioned in that particular scripture and they're all bundled in together. Mm. No one is greater than the other, all together. Now, if you look at all of those, you know, if you're lawless and you're rebellious and you're ungodly, if you're unholy and profane, then you've you've broken the commandments to put God first, to love him supremely and not to have any other gods before him. If you look at all of the others, you know, liars and perjurers and kidnappers and sexually immoral, hating mothers and fathers, murderers, immoral, all of those come under the Ten Commandments. And if they don't, then Paul goes on to say, and whatever else is contrary to sound doctrine. Well, (laughs) where was he getting his sound doctrine from? The Old Covenant Scriptures. Mm. And so all of these things we are still obligated to obey according to the moral law, the ethical law that God has already outlaid. So when you put that together with the council in Acts 15, you very quickly understand that there are obligations. In fact, that letter said essentials that we as Gentile believers are required to comply with. Not for salvation. Now, as soon as you say there are laws that we have to obey, people go, you've gone back under the law. Mm. We are saved by grace. You're absolutely correct. Our salvation is a work 100% of Christ. It has nothing to do with our behavior or our conduct. If it did, we wouldn't qualify. We are saved through faith in Jesus Christ alone, 100%. So this is we're not talking about salvation We're talking about the conduct that we have as believers in a world that is lawless, that is unrighteous, that embraces all manner of sin and bad behavior and poor attitudes. And we've we've already talked about the uh, Sermon on the Mount and how Jesus was tightening that up to saying, I want to get to your heart and transform it Mm. so that you can actually live out what we expect, God, what God expects of his children. So we are not saved by keeping the law, but we keep the law, the moral, ethical law, because we are saved Mm. and because we're empowered by the Holy Spirit to do so. It's a great reminder and it's a great way to wrap up this four-part study on the purpose of the law and a reminder that uh, the notes are available online. Lots more that you can read when you go to vision.org.au slash foundations. Next time on Foundations, we're going to start a new series looking at the relationship between God and man. This has been Foundations, a look at the Jewish foundations of our Christian faith. For study notes, resources and more, see vision.org.au slash foundations. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.